Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. By the way, if you are new, welcome this morning. We love having you as part of our church family. Genuinely, it's so good to have you with us, and we pray that you're just blessed. Um, We love new people, don't we, church? And whether that's for one service and you're visiting, or whether you're looking for a church home, we just want to say uh, you're welcome here, which is great. Um, Yeah, it's good to be with you guys today. Let me start with this. Okay. A preacher visits an elderly woman from his congregation, and as he sits on the couch, he notices a large bowl of peanuts on the coffee table. Mind if I have a few, he asks. No, not at all, the woman replied. They chat for an hour, and as the preacher stands to leave, he realizes that instead of eating just a few peanuts, he emptied most of the bowl. I'm terribly sorry for eating all your peanuts. I really just meant to eat a few. Oh, that's all right, the woman says. Ever since I lost my teeth, I can only just suck the peanut, uh, suck the chocolate off the peanuts. That was, uh, I hope that isn't on the podcast. That execution was just the most terrible thing ever. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Now, can you sit down? You're distracting me. You're distracting me. All right, I'm going to do it again just because we need to do that. For my sake, I need to do that again. All right. A preacher visits an elderly woman from the congregation. He sits on the couch, blah, blah, blah. There's a bowl of peanuts, basically. He eats all the peanuts. And the old lady says, oh, that's all right. Ever since I lost my teeth, all I can do is suck the chocolate off the peanuts. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Now, no more. I've got no more. You've got to bear with me, church, because yesterday I spent six hours doing a birthing class with my wife. Yes, I deserve a clap. Because I... Two things happen. Number one, pray for me. I am scarred forever. <laughs> Number two, I will forever have so much respect for women who go through childbirth because it is amazingly horrific, yet so beautiful, yeah? And uh, we we'd we done seven hours yesterday, and I sat there with six or seven other couples, and all the guys in the room expression was the same. Just, like, oh my goodness. Um, so I think it's actually fried my brain a bit this morning. So anyway, we, um, if you don't know my wife, my wife is nine months pregnant now. And um, she is waiting to pop, to birth. She is just waiting any day now. Um, yeah, so... Be praying for us, be praying for her. Um, but I did say to her yesterday, I think, I said, I said, Charlie, I think you will make a great bertha. <laughs> and she said, literally said, that means so much to me. And it was a very romantic moment in our marriage. So <laughs> I think she's going to ace it. I think she's going to be great. Um, when they were doing the different birthing positions, she was a pro. She was just... Anyway, I've got to stop speaking, but it was just... It was... <clears throat> I'll say one more thing. I, the, 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 
to finish, for those who are yet to experience this, um, or you haven't had a birthing class for many years, things change. There's different videos they show. And someone texted me on Saturday morning and said, um, you know, good luck with today, basically. And I wrote back and said, the best thing about your eyes is that you can close them. <laughs> and so there were a few times I sat there just... Anyway, hopefully you love me more or not less after that honesty. All right. One more thing. Um, just pastorally, um, just want to speak about the coronavirus, which is obviously something that's consuming our media at the moment. And I just want to read you a scripture. And it says this in 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but instead of power, love, and a sound mind. And yesterday, Charlie and I were, after our birthing class, went to, um, to our local shop, uh, supermarket. And there was definitely a sense of tension in the air. There was definitely a little bit, I wouldn't say panic, but you could definitely tell that people are a bit on edge. And I just wanted to say pastorally as a church and as people that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And, and yes, um, this virus is real. Yes, it is spreading. But don't get too caught up in the fear side of it um, because we, don't, we, we have put our trust in God. We also apply wisdom. So please make sure that you are washing your hands, you are using hand sanitizer, if you are unwell, it's probably not best to come to big gatherings. Uh, obviously, believe in prayer and, and, and miracles. We believe in miracles. But in saying all that, don't let, don't let this spirit of fear sink its hooks into you. It's very easy for some right now to get very frantic. And maybe you're in this room and maybe you're a bit afraid at the moment. Um, it's just going to be okay. Why is it going to be okay? Because we trust God and we trust that he looks after us and that he is in control. So I just thought, I don't know how many pastors today were going to bring that up, but I just thought it's good to hear that and just to remind us as a church that we are not fear-led people. We are love-led and we are faith-led people. Um, but also, last thing I'll say on it is this. Let's make sure that we are being a light in this season. If your work friends is freaking out, if your family is freaking out, if your neighbours are freaking out, be the one that carries peace. And, and be the one that carries joy. Um, be, be the one that brings the presence of heaven, the presence of God into every situation. Because... Um, God's light shines brightest when it gets the darkest. And in people's minds right now, and I'm not talking about the facts of, or stats of a virus, I'm just talking about people's mentalities. Let's make sure that we bring light. Let's make sure that we bring God's goodness and bring God's perspective and that we are calming um, effects in our community. Sound good? All right, let's just pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for every person here. 
Lord, we just continue our worship right now. We've worshipped you with song. We've worshipped you with financial giving. And right now we're going to worship you with just studying your word. And I pray for open hearts. I pray for open minds. I pray for those who aren't with us today. Lord, I pray you'll bless them as well. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the centre of this church. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and for your grace and for your goodness. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Fantastic. We've been speaking for um, a, you know, a few weeks now about the roar of revival, and our theme for 2020 is that we would be a church who understands that there is a roar that attaches itself to the things of God. A lion has a roar. It declares its authority. You know that there is a roar that God has placed within you to bring about heaven on earth. There is a roar within you to bring about God's reality here on earth. You're not timid like mice. You are mighty like lions. How cool is that? But you have to realize the authority you carry. You see, there's too many Christians who walk around like mice when they should be walking around like lions. And so our heart this year and our heart for our church is that last year we spoke about revival being our culture, but this year we'll understand that there is a roar, there is a roar in heaven. The Bible says in Revelation that when uh, the writer talks about heaven, he could hear a mighty roar, a mighty sound of a waterfall, of thunderclaps. He could hear heaven. Heaven has a sound. And so we're going to just look, keep looking at the New Testament church because we see there the roar of revival in Acts chapter 2. And for the next foreseeable future, we're going to be pulling apart different things we find uh, in Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 26. And if you're a podcast listener, I pray you're blessed as well today with us. Acts chapter 2, verse 26 says this, it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So this is just talking about the church. Now you have church once a week. At the moment, you might go to a connect group on uh, once a fortnight or so. Now you imagine if you had church every day, yeah? So revival breaks out and it's church every day. It's like we're going to church again today and it wasn't because they had to or because someone was forcing them, but because they had a desire to meet together, this is the roar of revival. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with sincere hearts. I make sure with our connect group, we have our connect group today, Charlie and I. Oh, sorry, 46, Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Thank you, wife. We have a connect group today. Um, and I said to our connect a couple of connect groups ago, um, a couple of them didn't bring food. And I said, you've got to bring food to connect. Because everyone's happier when there's food. And so it's now a standard that you've got to bring something to eat because it makes everything better. So it says here that they broke bread together in their homes, they're having connect, and they, were ate, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And it says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love that scripture. So we have Jesus in his 12. We have Jesus goes back to heaven. He has his 120. He then, um, those 120 are praying. The God moves, revival breaks out. It grows to 3,000. And then after that, it keeps growing and God keeps adding to their number. 
Today I want to speak to you for a few minutes about favour. Okay, favour. Revival being the roar of favour. The thing is about favour though, we have to be prepared that favour means blessing. And when revival breaks out, when revival, the roar of revival rises up in our hearts, favour increases on our life. I love that. I love that scripture it says there. It says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And it says, and the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. But the question is this, what is favor? So here's a definition for you. Favor means gaining approval, acceptance, or special benefits or blessing. Favor means gaining approval, acceptance, or special benefits or blessing. This morning, are you ready to, to receive an added measure of favor? <laughs> this is a good message. I pray you, 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 you grab this. God wants to increase favor on your life. What does that mean? It means this. It means approval, acceptance, special benefits, all blessings. Charlie and I are very um, open about the fact that we are favored. We are unashamed about our favor. When we were married, uh, one of the prophetic words spoken over us was that we would have favor to the point where people would be jealous of your favor. And we, so we step into it saying, God, we expect favor. Now let's just look at... Um, let me just read you the scripture. Don't worry, Dave, about turning here. In Luke chapter five, um, 2, verse 52, it says this. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus himself, the son of God, as he grew, grew in his wisdom. And what else, church? The son of God grew in favor. You have favor now, but guess what? Your favor can grow. Special benefits, special blessing, acceptance, knowing that favor is something God pours out upon us. Favor, according to Acts chapter 2, is part of the roar of revival. You are called to be a person who walks in favor Approval, acceptance, special benefits. Now, let's just break down what favor means. So it says this. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, For he chose us, and it's up on the screen, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which we ha uh, he has freely given us in the one he loves. I absolutely love this. I love the fact that God has predestined us. He's predestined you, predestined, pre-thought about you being a son or a daughter of God, get this church, for his pleasure. You are not a pain to God. You are not a nuisance to God. You are not an afterthought with God. You have been predestined to receive favor 
as sons and daughters of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, we just read it. It tells us that God's grace, to the praise of his glorious grace, it says, which actually means unmerited favor. Now, what's this, church? Stay with me. Let me just get my teacher on for a second. Unmerited favor is this. It's undeserved favor. You don't work for your favor. You have unmerited favor. How amazing is that? So we break it down. So Ephesians 1.6 tells us, by God's grace, unmerited favor, God has made us acceptable to his beloved. In the original Greek text, the word accepted is the word charitu, which means highly favored. So because God has placed you in Christ, you are highly favored. Almost everywhere in the New Testament, the word translated grace, uh, this word is translated as grace, and grace and favor is essentially a gift. If we gain favor with people, we might say we're in their good graces. We have special access to them and we receive something from them. Because you're a son or a daughter of God, you receive this word here, charitu or, or charis, one other translation or the, or the verb or the noun, talks about that. Because you are found in him, you are highly favored with the gift of grace. <laughs> we have to be, you hear me say this to you as our church community. We have to become so great as showing grace. This church is a non judgmental church. You are not going to come in here and you make a mistake and everyone speaks down at you and kicks you out of the church because you made a mistake. No, no, no. Grace abounds. Because I've been shown grace. <clears throat> now, this is something I'm going to get us as a church to say regularly. Um, I don't know if it's up on the screen. Here we go. I want you to repeat this with me. Say, oh, let's read it together. One, two, three. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. Let's do it again. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. Can we just leave that up there, Dave? This is you. Now turn to your neighbor, and I want you to say that over them. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Awesome. Now... This is amazing. This is an amazing thing. You, as sons and daughters of God, and if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, at the end of the service, we can, we'll make room for that. But what happens is this, is that when you walk with God as his sons and daughters, you walk into an element of favor, and we see from Jesus that favor grows as you grow. Therefore, keep growing in your favor. We're going to talk about some attributes of favor. Now, let's just translate this over to the church. You know that our church is called to be extremely favored, not just with men, but with God, and not just with God, but with men. Oh, but the world, the world doesn't like the church. Hey, it says here in the New Testament, Acts chapter 2, that the church grew in favor with who? The people. <laughs> the church is called to be a light. 
It's called to be salt. What does salt do? Anyone like salt on their food? Who asks for extra salt when they go to a restaurant? Okay, you're the one. You're saying, I want salt. You don't put salt on food to make it less tasty. You put salt on food to make it taste even more tasty. The church is called to be salt. Salt that adds flavor to the uniqueness of the beauty of God's creation. You are a waiter or waitress who goes around with a giant salt. Yeah, I think you're pepper cracker, but yeah, use it for salt too. Would you like more salt with that, sir? Would you like more salt with that, ma'am? Can I add to who you're called to be? Can I speak life into you? Let, let, this, let this drop in your spirit. If we can be a church that knows how to add salt to people, stop adding vinegar. Not everyone wants vinegar. Ask your neighbor if they need toilet paper. No, not now, not now. At home. You can do it now if you want. You can do it now. The last... (laughs) By the way, if you're here and you don't have toilet paper, and I'm being serious, let someone know. I can't help you, but let someone know. Because... There are people in the room who have went out there and doomsday prepped, I'm sure. So maybe they can share some of your toilet paper. Some of their toilet paper. All right. This week, um, this week, I, my wife finished, um, she's a high school teacher, and she finished um, school uh, and started maternity leave, which is nice. And she is so nervous I'm going to give away the sex of our baby. So nervous, so I won't, hopefully. I've only, I've only done it six times. Only six. That includes you, Joel. And, and so what I, what I did this week was I, I feel like you've got to you got to make room to woo your wife, yeah? you got to make room to woo your partner still. Wooing isn't just for the first woo season, it's forever. So I, what I did was I, um, yeah, woo-woo, woo! Woo! Okay, okay. So what I did was I, I took a couple of days of leave this week and, and I surprised her by... Um, taking her to a movie, which was actually, oh, I missed the turnoff. We're at Sydney Airport. Um, and I, so I took her down to Melbourne for a couple of days. Um, and we just ate the most amazing food and coffee and went on the free tram around the city with all the, all the people who were double our age, and it was great, and just enjoyed just doing, doing nothing. And... Um, yeah, and it was just a really good time because we thought, I wanted to celebrate. She worked extremely hard. I wanted to celebrate the fact that she had finished school and, and also celebrate we're coming into a new season. And I thought it's important that we just do this. And it's amazing what a couple of days away can do. 
Um, the flight was very interesting, I must say. Uh, the person behind us coughing got lots of death stares from people. It was, it's not a good time if you have the flu to be on a plane. But on the way back, I, 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 I silly, anyone, been, anyone been to Melbourne before? Everyone's been to probably, anyone flown to Melbourne? Okay, so I took the cheap flight and went to Avalon. And, and Avalon is an hour away from Melbourne. It shouldn't even be on the, it shouldn't be even an option. I literally, so it's a cheaper flight by 20 bucks. Let's go to Avalon. It's a hundred buck Uber from Avalon to Melbourne. It's $200 extra. So I booked Avalon and, um, and which is fine because, yeah, it is what it is. But on the way back on, on Friday, we, we, we flew back Friday and I just, there was a young guy in the car and um, you can normally tell when you get into an Uber that, you know, whether someone's chatty or not and whether you're chatty or not, you kind of give off the vibes like don't talk to me or talk to me or whatever. Anyone not know what an Uber is? Okay, if you don't know, it's a car service that you can use your phone to book and you can pay. Some people might not know. It's like a taxi, but on your phone. Anyway. (coughs) We ended up chatting to this young guy. He would have been late 20s. Couldn't really tell. Um, And... And, and we're just chatting about, you know, like, how you're going, you know, how you're going with the virus stuff, is, how's, how's, what do you do, is this a second job for you, blah, 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 all that stuff. And um, he's into gaming, somehow that came up, and so I just, straight away, he was, he, I asked him his favourite games, he said, I've never been asked that in all my years of Uber, that's, and he was just lit up, like, that's his, his passion was computer games, and I just tried to keep up with him, and what about the new PlayStation, you know? <laughs> And um, basically, long story short, we um, they asked us what we do, and we started talking about what we do. And he was from he's from India, um, but he had been here for many years. Um, his family had moved over, and and we're just chatting about his history. And anyway, as we're chatting, and I'm always looking for opportunity to share Jesus. Keep in mind, I'm Mr. Introvert, so I don't want to speak to a driver. But when you've got an hour drive, you're going you're to have to speak. And so we're talking. And anyway, we're just chatting about his, his background. Was, um, he was Hindu background. And his, his um, family, he was like a, I'm a PK, which means I'm a pastor's kid. Um, he was a PK in a Hindu sense. So his family come from a lineage of being priests in, in, in the Hindu background. And so we we're just like, oh, PKs, like, yeah, different religions, but yeah, I get it. Like, so we're chatting about that, and you know, does, do they want, does his parents want him to be a PK, and this and that? Um, and basically, like, we just valued this young guy. But once we got onto that, we're talking about, like, because the best way to, to witness is actually to ask questions. You know, how are you going? What do you believe about? How's, what's it like being? Like, what are the customs? Like, what are the, talked about the afterlife, talked about, you know, do you know that the Hindus believe in tithing as well? Didn't know that. And so it's like all these things we're just talking about and basically looking for opportunity. And he asked us, you know, well, are you Catholic? And what's the difference between Catholic and Christian? And got to talk about Catholic and Protestant and Martin Luther and Jesus and, and, and through that, the blood of Jesus and, and the love of God. Because the Hindu culture, I don't know if you know, but they believe in millions of different gods. 
So you can be believing in Jesus and be Hindu. But they believe in a bunch of gods. It's not exclusive to one. And so we just started talking. And basically, I got to share the gospel with this. Charlie and I got to share the gospel. Talk about, I got to share about Charlotte's um, hips being healed after 10 years of pain. I got to share about the fact that you know, God, the God we believe in, the, the God of the Bible, is a God that heals and he's kind. And, and you don't need to, to go and, and say 50 Hail Marys to get forgiveness. You can pray to God today and through Jesus, through the blood of the cross. And I said to him, if you're ever in need or ever in pain, call on, call on the name of Jesus. And this guy was so open. And then I got to invite him. There's a church down there called Planet Shakers Church. I don't know if you've heard of Planet Shakers Church. It's a, you know, I said, there's 10,000 young adults that go to this church. I said, and I thought, that's a good name because he'll remember Planet Shakers. I said, Google Planet Shakers. I said, honestly, bro, I said, if we were down here on Sunday, we'd be there today. I said, you should go along. I said, you might meet some gamers there. You probably will. Oh, yeah. So he said, what's the name of that church again? Planet Shakers. And we're just looking for opportunity to bring the favor we carry into this young guy. And one thing that was interesting was he talked about, he talked about favor in a weird way. He talked about um, the afterlife. And he talked about um, uh, reincarnation. And he talked about how if you can, you know, if you're bad in this life, it means that you will be, you have a bad next life. But if you're good in this life, you'll have a good next life. And the ultimate goal is not to even come back, but the gods will take, gods will take you because you're so good. And I just, I sat there and I just said, you know, with God, there's no, none of that. He takes you where in your, in your sins, in your bad state. And he says, because I love you, I forgive you. And I show you grace and I give you a brand new start. You don't need to work for this. And it was just a great standout to me because in an example of he believed that if he worked hard enough, he would be favoured for the next life. And I think as, if you're a Christian here, you can walk in that. If I just work hard enough, my life will just get better. If I just work hard enough, I'll be accepted. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be uh, worthy of blessing. But that's not favour. Favour is unmerited grace. It's undeserved. You don't need to work your butt off to receive God's favour. You are greatly blessed. You are highly favoured and you are deeply loved. You know, favour doesn't happen because of what you know. It happens because of who you know. Favour doesn't happen because of what you know. It happens because of who you know. I'm not talking about knowing me. I'm talking about knowing Jesus. When you know Jesus, you step into favour. People often ask me, Benaiah, what can we pray for you and Charlie for? And I always say the same thing. Wisdom, I need more wisdom. Wisdom for my marriage, wisdom for my family, wisdom for the church. And then secondly, I say favour. I want more favour. I want embarrassing amounts of favour. Jesus grew in favour. <coughs> favour doesn't happen because of what you do. It happens because of who you are. Can I hear an amen? amen. Favour doesn't happen because of what you do. It happens because of who you are. 
I 100% expect favour on my family. I expect it with our, with our health, with our relationships, with our finance, with our opportunity. I expect it across all areas because I know that I'm a son of the living God. Do you have that same profession over your life? Sorry, confession over your life. Profession, that makes sense. Here are some quick things that favour does. Number one, favour makes a way for you. Turn to your neighbour and say, favour makes a way for you. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 90. Psalm 90 verse 17. I love this. You are highly favoured, church. Who else is highly favoured in the scripture? What did they say about Mary? You're highly favoured. Different men of God were highly favoured. It says in Psalm 90 verse 17, let the favour of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let the favour of the Lord be upon us. Let it establish the work of our hands. Favour makes a way for you. When you put your hand to something, favour blesses what you're putting your hand to. Let this drop in your spirit. You don't do things half-heartedly thinking, oh, it might just work out. You have favour. You're not like your workmates. You are not like everybody else around you. You are not like your family. You are not like, you are favoured and set apart. When I finished school, I, I always wanted to get a job in finance. And my, my dad always said to me, if you feel called to ministry, make sure that you take some time to get a job in the world to see how the world works. Yeah? Good wisdom, hey? Yeah. So I finished my HSC, finished U12, and I applied for a, for a job, and uh, a couple of jobs. And one of, them was, um, one of them was in real estate, and I think I would have been okay at that, but it was Sunday work, so I said no to that. I wanted to be in church. And then this other one was um, in insurance. And as a young guy, I didn't know much. And so I was like, I'm going to apply for that job. But you needed in that job to have a very, very high level of mathematics. Now, mathematics is not my strong suit. English is okay, but maths, I am not very good at maths. I'm okay, but I'm not. I'm, not, I'm no Mark Maharab, I'll tell you that much. <coughs> Resident genius over here. Chemist. Single, ready to mingle. All right. <laughs> so I applied for this job, and, and on paper I shouldn't have got it. And I applied, and I think there was about 120 applicants. And I walked into this room, and there was just all these guys, all different ages, all suited up uh, for a job interview for this job. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to get this job. I'm not qualified. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm out of my depth. I've just finished school. Anyway, the grace of God, by the grace of God, these employers wanted me to work for them. Out of, out of 120 applicants, they said, Benaiah, we want you. And I was like, okay, no worries. You know that by the end of that job, I was there for three years. By the end of that, by, by my second year, I started youth pastoring and youth ministry was really blowing up and we were seeing God move amazingly. And I was, every night of the week, I would work full time and I would come back to the church from 
5 to 10 p.m. every night of the week pretty much and just work on youth with a team, just dreamt together, just believe God for breakthrough, believe that God would change the youth of that city. Best season ever. And, but I found after time, I was like, the ministry is growing so big and it's hard. To, I need to actually take some time, scale back a bit of work so I can put more time into the young people. And I remember speaking to my bosses, and this is a big organisation. These, these bosses had a lot of money and a lot of employees. And I remember saying to them, you know what, I need to scale back my hours because I need to focus on ministry. And these guys weren't Christians. And that's a pretty big conversation, yeah? That's a, that's a you could lose your job type conversation. But I had favour. You know what they ended up doing? They ended up... They ended up um, giving me less hours on Fridays, let me finish early, and they gave me a pay rise. What? Like, it was just one of those things where it was the opposite to what I probably deserved, but I had God's favor. I'm not like the other 120 applicants. I'm not like the other guys in the room. I'm different. I'm special. I'm called. I'm graced. Now, I want you to take this for you. I'm not saying be egotistical. I'm not saying have pride. But you're not like everybody else. You are a son or a daughter of God. You carry favor. Favor makes a way for you. The second thing is this. Psalm chapter 5, verse 12 says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. The second thing is this, favor protects you. Favor protects you. You cover him with favor as with a shield. You are not like everybody else. You are different. You are protected. Your family has protection that not every other family has. Our child has special Angelic bodyguards. Our family, our house, where we live, we declare we have angels around our house. We have the Holy Spirit in our atmosphere. We are not like everybody else. We are set apart. We are favoured. This morning, receive that for you. His favour protects you like a shield. The third thing is this in Psalm 84.11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The third thing is this. I love this. Favour provides for you. Remember, favour is a person. Favour is Jesus. You walk with Jesus, you walk in favour. Favour provides for you. I was saying to Charlie this morning, I was like, our finances are about to change. We're about to add a plus one. Charlie is going on maternity leave. Her pay is different. We have to look at our budgets now. But then I sat there and I was like, oh, we talked about something coming up. Should we spend money on that? And then I, I often have great thoughts while I'm having a shower. And I said, I thought, come in. I said, no. I said, we're, we're not bound by this. We're not. God's our provider. We have favor. Maybe some of us here today need to understand that your finance has favor on it. You're not like everybody else. 
this is one thing I love in Proverbs 18:22. It says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing and what obtains favor from the Lord." It's, he provides. If you're here and you're single, he provides for you. If you have desire to be married, he will provide for you. He provided for me. He gave me an amazing woman of God. And if he can do it for me, look at me. If he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. So make sure that you have an open heart and just say, God, let your favour rest upon me. Because he provides in many ways. A couple more quick things. Psalm 30 verse 5 says this. Psalm 30 verse 5. For his anger is for a moment and his favour is for a lifetime. You know that favour isn't seasonal. It's permanent. Favour isn't for when you're having a good season, when you're being a good Christian, where you're doing everything right. Favour is permanent. Favour is like a mark placed upon you you can't get rid of. It will follow you around. For surely his goodness will follow you all the days of your life. <laughs> so when it comes to this, make sure you understand that it's who you are. You are favoured. Now point to yourself and say, I am favoured. Point to your neighbour and say, you're favoured too. <clears throat> hey, one more thing. One more thing on this. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, that thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. You know that favour ain't fair. The English isn't very good on that, but it's true. We actually need to break off some mindsets this morning. We need to break off some that thinks that favour is determined upon our performance. It's not. Grace abounds. Grace is freely given. Grace is unmerited. Favour upon your life. Now, we're going to talk about growing favour in a second before we finish. And that does mean a response. But before that, understand something. You can make mistakes and still walk in favour. I'm not condoning sin. Don't walk in sin. Get rid of sin. Get rid of those things which are holding you back. But as you walk in freedom, favor increases. So the question is this, before we finish. How do we grow in favor? Who wants to know how to grow in favor? One word. And write this down if you're writing notes. And again, if you, unless you have a photographic memory, you should always write notes in church. Because you forget. We all forget. There's too much noise going on. Writing down makes you remember. Helps you remember. But here you go. How do you grow favor? Who wants to grow in favor? Yeah, I want to grow in favor. This is, this is the word. Stewardship. Stewardship. How do you grow in favor? The question you have to ask yourself is this. What have I done with the favor that God has given me? Because it says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, whoever can be trusted with little will also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. So when you're faithful with the little, God will add 
But if you're unfaithful with a little, guess what? It's going to disappear. It won't grow. How do you grow in favour? You steward it well. How do you grow in favour in your finance? You steward your finance well. How do you grow in favour with your ministry giftings? You steward them well. You use them. You grow in them. How do you see more favour on your marriage? You put time into it. You grow it. How do you see more favour on your opportunity? You upskill. You give God what you can and he just goes, let me just take those five loaves and uh, whatever it is, the loaves and the fish, 12 loaves, five loaves, I can't remember right now, you know what I'm talking about. And he says, I will take that and I will feed 5,000 because you just give your best and let God do the rest. So faith isn't like a lotto where it's like I need to win the Powerball every six months to top up my favour. Instead, as God says, I give you favour through Jesus, now what are you going to do with it? How are you going to steward the very thing that I've given you in order to grow it? And you're not limited to just the stuff that you grow. God's blessing multiplies that. How do you grow in favour? You steward things well. If you notice with Jesus, it says Jesus grew in favour, but before that it says what? He grew in wisdom. Yeah? So his mindset grew, his wisdom grew, and therefore it says his favour grew. Can I hear an amen? amen? Don't be a doughy Christian. Doughy Christians are those who are doughy. They're not sharp. They don't have open eyes. They just blob around. I'm telling you, be the best you that God's called you to be. Work hard, be disciplined, upskill, learn, get people in your life who can speak bigger into your life. Get mentored, get discipled, disciple somebody else, get into connect, make sure you get into scripture, get your mindset renewed, get into worship and receive the power of the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. Let favour grow upon your life because you're called to be more favoured tomorrow than you are today. Is this okay? So two more things before we finish. One thing is this. Be unashamed about believing for favour. You declare it over your life. You declare it over your finance. You declare it over your marriage. You declare it over your children. You declare it over your opportunity. You declare it over... Because... That's God's heart for you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just, just, just refocus. When it comes to you walking with God, you are not called to be the tail. The Bible calls you to be the head and not the tail. He calls you to be, have victory, victory in every area of life. He, he, he calls you to rise up and give him, be a light on a hill to give him all the glory. We are called to be favoured. You know one prayer I pray, it's a dangerous prayer. At some point I'm going to preach on dangerous prayers. Prayers that you pray that God will answer, but get ready when he answers them. Because maybe you don't want the result. You think you do, but do you? One thing Charlie and I, we pray over our, 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 our marriage, over our child. Every, every day I pray over our child. 
my hand on that coconut oil belly, <laughs> slimy belly, and I just declare, I declare favour. And we're believing in our life that we're going to see so much favour. Now, favour doesn't mean that hard times won't come. Because they will. Trials are what mature you. James chapter 1. But we understand that in the midst of trial, we can still have favour. So we declare favour. We declare God. But we're believing for embarrassing favour. I mean, so much favour you think, oh, I'm a bit, whoa, don't. Oh, look at what God's done. Like, I'm a bit like, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? It's the, the favor that's in me like, but God, God, God made a way. Not by might or power, but by his spirit. And the last thing is this. We translate that over into our church. Our church is called to be a church of extravagant favor. Do you know you're a part of a favored church? This church is not like most. It's not like most. It's not better than most. It's just not like most. <laughs> People visit our church and they, they, they're so complimentary. We had one girl come up to us end of last year, tears down her face after a service saying, do you understand what you have in this church? And she lived far away, so she couldn't be here every week, but she said, do you understand? Keep doing what you're doing. Just now we're aggressive about it. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, awesome. Yeah, like, I'm thinking, no, I know. This is a blessed house. This is a house for the nations. It's a house of healing. It's a house of breakthrough. It's a house of, of blessing. It's a house of favor. It's unmerited. It's above and beyond. It's a house that has favor, not just with God, but with people. I believe our city is going to look to our church and be like, wow, what's God doing? Look at the kindness. Look at the inclusion. Look at the love that's coming out of South Nara. I've never met a kinder person than those who go to celebration. I've never met a more generous person than those who go to celebration. I've never, this is the kingdom. When I walk into the, 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 the property, I sense something different. Freedom. I sense freedom. Because heaven dwells. We have a roar. We're unashamed. We are favored. And as you join the house of God, you be favored. As you join his family, you're favored. You are not like everybody else. You are favoured. So this morning, I just declare favour over our church. And we declare corporately in unity, may God pour out a, a, a greater increase of favour, a greater increase of breakthrough, a greater increase of blessing. Can I hear an amen? Hey, that should be the loudest amen right there. Because our church is a, it is a very unique place. And, it, and it's not because we're anything special. Actually, it is. We're sons and daughters. We're different. And we're not weirdo different. We're kingdom different. And by doing so, I just believe that our church is going to have, and I, I don't know if it's the right term, but embarrassing favor. But let me ask you this question. Are you ready for it? Are you actually, think about this with me. Just think about this. In Acts chapter 2, it talked about favor with the people. But 
they had 120 people in a room. Went to 3,000. Are you ready for it? Because when favor comes, increase comes. It says that they grew in favor and it said, and God added to their number. You know what? Charlie and I, just an insight, we're some of the most unambitious pastors. When I was a youth pastor in my early days, I was just dumb. I was ambitious. Oh, I would have been embarrassed talking to myself. I was driven by more insecurity than other things, just different seasons of that. I dealt with it. I was a good youth pastor by the end of it. But some of it, I was just motivated by wrong motivation. I feel like it's all beaten out of me now. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't care about things that I used to care about. What I care about now is this. I want to see Jesus' name lifted high, and, and I want to see a healthy community. I just, I just want to see people empowered to be all God's called them to be. And Charlie and I, we're very unambitious. We're, we're, not, we're not like our pastor friends even. They're all talking about, oh, do this and grow the church by doing this and try this program and this. We just want to see heaven touch earth. And we know when that happens, yeah, the ch- you've got to understand though, just get ready because this is what happens. Last thing. It says they grew in favor as a church and God added to their number. Now, but think about this, just, and we've got to get prepared in our spirit. If this is your home, prepare yourself. 3,000 people packed in this room, what would it look like? An hour trying to get a car park, what would, you look, what would it look like? What would you look like? <laughs> if you had to park down the street to walk five minutes to get into church, if there weren't car parks, if there weren't enough spaces in the kids' rooms for the kids, and therefore your kid couldn't go to kids' church, what would it look like? What would be the cost of favour? Because favour has a cost. The cost of favour is this, it's inconvenient. When God adds to us, we say, yeah, God, send revival, but do you know it means you won't have a seat? Do you think about it. Do you know it means that you might be inconvenienced? The pastor might not speak to you every Sunday? Yeah? Because there's too many other people around. There's so much need. Do we understand the cost? Because going from 120 to 3,000, and then, and then I love the cheekiness of God. He adds to them every day. Hey, you're, you're already, you guys are already stretched. I know you are, but hey, let me add some more. Let me chuck some more fish in the net. I know it's breaking a bit, but it's all good. Let's just have some fun. Bang. And then, we, and then, and then the same people often, they say, God, I pray for 30 years for revival. Leave the church because they can't get a seat. Because I never understood what revival actually meant. And we often love the theory of something, but we don't love the outworking application. Because the outworking application is this. You follow Jesus for three days and you don't eat for three days. That's what it was like. That was revival. It was the, the, the boy gave his loaves and fish because the people didn't have enough food. Imagine, would you skip three days worth of eating to be in church? I know when time is up on Sunday because people start getting angry because the chippy machine is waiting for them. I need my chippies. Come on, just finish my chippies. (laughs) 
my chica roll. The people followed Jesus for three days with no food. And he took compassion on them and said, we'll feed them now. Fish and chips for all. The thing about the, the hangriness, his preaching must have been pretty good because there would have been some hangry people around, I tell you that much. But what I'm trying to say is this, and it sounds a bit silly, but there is actually a cost when it comes to favour. And if you want favour, understand that it actually means increase. It actually means being uncomfortable. It actually means being more selfless. It actually, it means, you know, maybe you come to church for years and you, if there's, trust me, if there's a thousand people coming through our doors, we're going to need you to volunteer if you don't volunteer. We're going to need you to get on roster. We're going to need you to start Connect Group. We're going to need you to maybe do what you haven't done or haven't done for many years because you're thinking, okay, it's no longer about me. It's about favour. It's about Jesus doing what he, only, what he can do. And, and, and I, I, last word, last, last message, last thing. I know I've said it five times now, but who cares? When, when, when someone came up to me when we first took on the church and they said to me, they were visiting and they said, we're looking for a new church. Oh, we like your church because it's not very big. And I thought, I won't see you again. Please, God, I don't want to see them again. And I didn't see them again because what happened was is that they don't understand that what if God adds to the number? What if favour increases? What if the intercessors have been praying for years and years and years for our city to encounter God? It happens and our buildings are too small. Woo. So they're better off going to a church that isn't believing for favour, isn't believing for breakthrough. Little comfort, you know, country club. You can go there. No, no, we're, we're, we're a hospital. We're, we're here for people who are sick, spiritually, emotionally, physically. We're, we're here to, to see them bandaged up, healed, families restored, prodigals coming home, heaven touching earth, not a boring church. No, thanks, God. I want to see heaven touch earth. And please have your way in that. But let's get our hearts ready for favour. Because favor will cost you. Why don't we all stand to our feet as we finish? Charlie, why don't you come up here? Favor ain't fair, but it is good. Why don't you just close your eyes where you are? And if you, I'm going to ask everyone just to close their eyes. This is a matter of privacy for those around you. You know, in this place, there's people, and you know that as I speak about Jesus, that your heart isn't close to Jesus. And I want to encourage you today that his heart is for you. He wants to be so close with you. He wants to walk with you in life. And I want to take a moment. If you know that your heart isn't close to God, it's either because you've never made that decision to be close to God, or maybe you've walked away from God in your heart. I want to give you a chance right now, as everybody has their eyes closed, just as an act of privacy, just to put your hand up and say, but I, I want to come back to God, or I want to give my heart to God. Make sure my heart is right with God this morning. In Jesus' name. In this place. Are you close to Him this morning? Is your heart right with God? And if it's not, now's your time to say, yes, that's me. I want to make sure my heart is right with God. Awesome, over there. I see that hand. You can put it down once it's... Anybody else? You want to say, yeah, that's me. 
That's me. I want to make sure my heart is right with God. I want to receive that love. I want to receive that, that favor in Jesus' name. We're going to pray a prayer of commitment together. And even if you didn't put your hand up, but you know in your heart you need to pray this from your heart, we're going to pray with you this prayer of commitment to God. Let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And today, I ask for forgiveness for my sins. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come into my life. I declare, Jesus, that you are now my Lord and my Savior. I believe in you. And Holy Spirit, please help me every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.